It was the defense that dominated day six of Chargers practice, and we saw another shift in the biggest training camp battle so far. You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Lockdown Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer. And we've been covering the Chargers together now for eight seasons, but this is our sixth season as the host of the Lockdown Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys, as always, for making us your first listen today. And to make sure you never miss the show, go subscribe or follow for free on the Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel and listen to the show wherever you get your podcast from. David, what do we got today? Today, we're going to get into day six of training camp, and unlike a lot of the rest of the days in training camp, it feels like nobody has really won the day except for day six, where the defense really dominated. And also from day six, it turned, it really seems to me like the best camp battle by far is definitely Asante Samuel Jr. versus Jaw Taylor for that slot or that star position and then the kicker battle we're finally going to get into the kickers we haven't talked about them enough we're going to give you an update and we're going to tell you exactly who's winning that battle right now yeah I mean uh, finally we get to talk about the kicker battle and it seems like Dicker is leading the way in that so far so excited to talk about his perfect day at practice on Chargers training camp day six but it was the defense that dominated things according to Daniel Popper from the athletic Eric Smith the Chargers team writer both had it the same way on Wednesday's practice. It was the defense that really stole the show. And as Popper said, basically the most one-sided practice he had seen so far. And this is basically how it ended up going down. The Chargers had three individual periods or three 11 on 11 periods. They were moving the ball in one drive with no time constraints. Then they had a red zone drive and also a two minute drill. The defense came away with the win on all of those, David. And it's nice to see, you know, the defense kind of, Pushing back on this notion of, okay, yeah, we're airing it out on offense, all of those things. Well, at least on Wednesday, the defense got the better of those transactions. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think there's the old adage that the offenses are going to be ahead of the defenses early on in training camp. And it seems like that's probably been the case a little bit so far. But today, uh, uh, as we're talking about this, definitely seems like Brandon Staley's unit was ready. And they they felt like the they had enough uh, of those days stacked up to where they go out there and fly around. And they absolutely were. They were all over the place, making all kinds of trouble for the offense, causing them to have false starts, causing them to have yeah. issues and breakdowns and coverage like I mean it was a very frustrating day for the Chargers offense and they have the Chargers defense to thank for that yeah exactly and it was a lot of the same guys kind of stepping up and making it that way including Asante Samuel Jr. who really showed himself in the two-minute drill when hey they're trying to go win a game in that scenario the Chargers were down by four with a minute and 37 remaining starting at their own 39 yard 39 yard line they made it all the way down inside the 10 and then Asante Samuel Jr. sounds like beat Quentin Johnston, three out of those fourth plays, including fourth down, and he broke up three of those passes. So it was Ooh. great to see that. I mean, also, Popper noted that there was only one first down on the move the ball drive, and they actually lost yardage on their red zone drive. Chargers red zone defense, another thing that's been stepping it up. We're going to talk about that later. But there was another shift, David, in what has easily been the best camp battle so far because of how kind of back and forth it has been between Asante Samuel Jr., and Jasir Taylor. I mean, Brandon Staley is saying the right things about both of those guys with Asante. He's saying, hey, 
He's been a starter for us every single game that he's ever played. And Jasir Taylor got, you know, more experience in the position he's fighting for going into this year. So it was interesting, though, to see that it was Asante Samuel Jr. Again, this is how it ended up going down. Three times Justin Herbert tried to target Quentin Johnson in the two-minute drill to win the game. Instead, it was Asante Samuel Jr. breaking up every one of them. And just like that, after Jasir Taylor has a good day a few days ago, it feels like it's totally flipped back onto the side of Asante Samuel Jr. And Asante Samuel Jr. has the ball production on top of that, too. I mean, he's got yeah. the interceptions in camp. So, Zant is really stacking the days, man. I mean, it seems like he is really putting himself in a very strong position. And the only way he's able to do that is if there's some stability on the outside. So I think we have to highlight the fact that Michael Davis and JC Jackson uh, have been on the outside and they've been able to hold it down. And we haven't heard any kind of reports or any kind of news about those guys getting burnt or beaten badly. So yeah. it really allows this kind of battle to unfold naturally and really show us who the best player is to be in the slot for the Chargers. But man, this is such a great problem to have. I mean, we've been talking uh, about trying to get better depth. And like, this is one of those positions where there's definitely a lot of attrition, but also these guys, they get paid a ton of. Of money so if you're able to find corners develop corners and get production out of them then you got to be very very excited so i think you look at this battle as an extreme positive for the chargers yeah and i mean we even saw dean leonard the other day come up with five pass showing out yeah in the same practice right in the same practice that jasir taylor kind of had an almost identical sequence to the one we saw from asante samuel jr on wednesday and i mean shout yeah. out to Daniel Popper, who has much more in-depth kind of versions of how these battles broke the real on MVP. Wednesday. And him, Eric Smith, all those guys out there willing to report the stuff, especially the ones not open to the public. But, hey, I'll be there on Sunday, scrimmage time. And we'll be here for a live show after that. But I think yeah. it, it's been crazy because, I mean, you talk about ball production. I mean, Asante Samuel Jr. before today already had the pick six of Justin Herbert, should have had a second interception in that practice the next day, which was really Jasir's Taylor, Jasir Taylor's day. He yeah. also had a pick off Max Duggan in that practice, and then he comes back today with three pass breakups on the most important drive of the day, the drive that was symbolic of you know a winning a game, basically, yeah. and he went out there and he did it. So I think we did see the Chargers offense have some success in the red zone, but that has slowed down a little bit, and that is something we really want to see them improve on this year with Kellen Moore. Whether we're worried about that or not, we'll get more to later. But, David, this battle itself – between Ja Taylor and Asante Samuel Jr. I mean, you had Asante kind of having the first big punch with that pick six day, right? That was the first yeah. time we're like, okay, there's something here. And then Jasir Taylor comes back and gets three red zone stops of his own. And now it's today Asante Samuel Jr. coming back with his own three pass breakups. And I mean, it also feels to me like the bigger plays that have been allowed have been on the side of Jasir Taylor. So, I mean, yeah. Brandon's daily said it like, you're going up against this offense. Guys are just going to get plays made on him. He saw that with the Well, yeah, and so did Derek Ansley. Like, Derek Ansley was totally. like, hey, like, welcome to the NFL <laughs> in response right. to, you know, the, these plays happening to Jasir Taylor. And, and it's true. I mean, you're going up against, like, guys that have been doing it at a high level for a very, very long time in this league. The one thing I was going to ask a question about is I think we feel pretty safe that Asante Samuel Jr. is probably not going to play at all in the preseason. But – is Jasir Taylor going to play in the preseason? And is that going to have any impact on this battle and how it goes? I mean, I don't think 
if Asante Samuel Jr. hasn't locked up the winning spot at that position, I think he's 100% going to play in the preseason. I mean, okay. I think he, he has to. I mean, how how can you not? How can you argue for a guy that's on your bench not playing in the preseason, right? Like, yeah. To me, I mean, maybe there's a chance we don't see either of those guys, right? Maybe just because those four guys have kind of locked up some sort of important role with this team. But, like, I think we're absolutely probably – I mean, I think we'll probably see both of them. I think that would be very telling, though. If Asante Samuel Jr. isn't playing and Jasir Taylor is, and you're start, you know, playing – it would be unlikely you're playing the starter and resting his backup. I mean, that seems hard to believe. But it does seem like at this point – Sante Samuel Jr. has the edge. I mean, Brian Steele oh, yeah. also said in his press conference that he thinks that Sante Samuel Jr.'s run defense has been better so far during this camp, and it seems like that is a theme. And the one thing with the Big. offense, you know, kind of struggling at so far in training camp is their run offense and also their red zone offense, two places that the Chargers' defense has really, really excelled. Can we buy in to a Chargers' run defense that isn't in the cellar of the NFL? I want I mean, to. Please, I want to. Like, just yeah. over the last couple of years of watching so mm-hmm. many broken plays, so many just how did that guy get that 50-plus right. yard run when he hasn't done anything like that the rest of the season, but it happens against the Chargers. Can we please eliminate that? Can we eliminate the Rex Burkheads of the world going <laughs> off against the Chargers? Like, let's not let that ever happen again. <laughs> Hopefully this right here is the stairway to that eventuality. Nah, David's talking about nightmare fuel over there. I, <laughs> I was there. The it was Raiders. a real nightmare for me. Andy just had to work out with the Raiders, too. So it's like, no, dude, we did not want to see that again. But, yeah, I mean, it, it's huge. And Brandon Staley, breaking news, thinks that the run defense so far, through only two padded practice days, because today's was not, or Wednesday's was not a padded practice. But he thinks it's getting better. So does Sebastian Joseph Day. Are we buying into it? We're going to get into that coming up right after this. First, though, I do need to tell you guys about LinkedIn Jobs because these days every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business and you want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs because LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. When you're trying to look for someone for your small business or your business, you don't want to just find someone, right? You want to find the right one. And that's such an important part of it is getting someone that sticks around. I mean, my wife's a recruiter. She absolutely loves the LinkedIn jobs. And one of the biggest reasons why is just because it's so easy to create a free job post. All you have to do is create the post and then add your job with a purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and who you'd like to hire. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs as the number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. And right now, LinkedIn jobs will help you find that qualified candidate you want to talk to faster. So post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Let's get back to the Chargers defense kind of winning the day on Chargers training camp day six. And they will have a day off tomorrow. But guess who won't? Us. Every day is now we'll be back with you guys tomorrow. And if you guys want to get your questions in, make sure to hit us up on Fan Friday at LockdownLAC on Twitter. You can also hit up David Drogmeyer's DMs at DroTalkSD. That's always the best way. Or leave a 30-second voicemail at 323-524-7924. It's if X now, by the way. Whatever you want to call it. <laughs> I mean, it still looks like a, a little bird on my phone. It sure so. does. <laughs> if you guys want to get your questions in about training camp, you know, who you're kind of looking for, who you want us to watch for, and at least when I'm out there at the camp, you know, and I can definitely watch for some guys. I'm excited to get back out there on Sunday. But one of the biggest reasons that, you know, 
it's hard to buy in with the Chargers defense fully is just because of the kryptonite for them the last couple of seasons, which is the run defense. Brandon Staley has talked about it. Hey, we know how bad it was, right? Like it's been such an emphasis. The tackling has been such an emphasis. But so far during training camp, it's been it has been better through two padded practices. You're not seeing a bunch of you know wide open running lanes. You're seeing guys pretty connected. You're seeing guys filling their running lanes. And David Brandon Sealy believes, hey, this is something that I know it's been bad, but it's actually getting better. Yeah, which I mean, hopefully it is, right? I mean, hey, of course you want the the, the coach is going to say it's getting better, and and. Honestly, everyone is talking about it. It is definitely a point of emphasis. It is something that everyone knows is a big problem, was a big problem, and it needs to be fixed. And I, I feel like that is the right approach. But uh, this is Coach Staley here on the run defenses. I thought the run game looked good through uh, throughout the first group of practices, the pads and stuff like that. They also had a good start. Just want to continue to communicate, play with techniques in the passing game because this group has to defend a really good guy uh, in Justin Herbert. And he said, I thought the run fits in tackling by the secondary. You didn't see any space. Uh, of those runs as you probably guys know observing like what's just happening here it's just like uh, it's very different you know it's very different it's it's a good change that's definitely been a big problem I mean way too much open space especially on the perimeter for the opposing teams opposing offenses to really exploit and you know you're seeing and the coach is telling you that there's not that space this year we're trying to eliminate that as much as possible well, and there's only so much you can tell during these practices, padded or not, because you're not taking dudes down to the ground. Right, right? of course. And we've seen plenty of guys for the Chargers look like they were making tackles just to not end up making that tackle. Yeah, like just getting there true. isn't enough. So what he's saying is like the knockback has been good. The edges have had really good contain so far. Those are two of the big things that hurt them in 2022. And what he's also saying is out on the perimeter that the secondary has been a lot better in coming up and tackling as well. He said the secondary... They're not giving that space that you were talking about. And what he also said is, hasn't been nearly good enough, been poor both years. So it's a big emphasis for us. So I think it tells you how much the focus has been on that. I mean, having gone to all three of the training camps under Brandon Staley, you can definitely tell this year. I mean, the other years, it was almost like a, we know we're going to be bad kind of thing. And we're going to try to do things around that. And this yeah, year, like it seems like there's it almost. been... Yeah. yeah, I mean, we know he likes to play with light boxes and things like sure. that. He loves having, you know, five-plus defensive backs yeah, on the field. Yeah. So some of it's inherent. roof on the coverage, right? Sure, yeah. but this year there's definitely a different kind of focus on it. If that's going to play out, I mean, there's only so much you can buy into it right now. But one thing you can tell is, hey, are the guys getting to those spots? Are they closing down the spaces? Are they trying to limit those explosives that absolutely plagued them last year? And Sebastian Joseph Day talked about it, too. He said, that is the enemy of run defense, space. Closing it down, closing it down fast, and being able to react fast and play fast, just play rugged. That's what I feel like we're harping on this camp. It's been very physical, very fun. We're getting better. And that's all we want to see, David. A little bit more ruggedness, a little bit more physicality in the running game, right? It's been too soft defensively, especially defending the run. We're trying to see them change that a little bit. That's why I feel like we were a little bit excited about the scuffle that happened with Gerald Everett and, and Kenneth Murray is because you want that physicality. You want that edge. You don't want this team to be soft. You don't want right. the, identi the identity that it's soft. And by all accounts, the last couple of years, it's kind of hard to say that they weren't because they were giving up over five yards per carry on the ground in the running game. And so yeah. that's just that's an attitude thing. I mean, yes, of course, there's a lot more things that go into it. You got to be in the right alignment. You got to tackle guys to the ground. I mean, obviously, there's a myriad of different 
different reasons. But one thing that you can control every single time you step on the field is your attitude and your tenacity and, yeah. and your intensity. Like all of those things are controllables. And I don't feel like that was very prevalent with the Chargers the last few years. And I do feel like that is something that they are trying to change. And it is for the better. If you want to be a line of scr scrimmage team, Daniel, then you have to be a physical football team. You have to give people a reason to not want to run the ball. And the Chargers exactly. defense has, has not given anyone any reason to not that's do that. has been very and inviting. Think, yeah, of course. And, like, that's why they've let teams with terrible quarterbacks stay in games with them. That's why mm -hmm. you've seen teams with terrible quarterbacks have good passing days against them. It's because the run defense has been so bad that, you know, you're trying to put out little fires in so many different places. But I think you're right when you bring up Kenneth Murray, another guy who we've talked about nonstop during training camp. There's puff pieces every year. You know, there's of guys course. who look good every single year. Everyone keeps bringing up Kenneth Murray. I mean, Daniel Popper in his article today said he had three run stops at Wednesday's practice. And I get it. There's no pads on, right? So, like, seems a little bit, you know, hard to believe in. But at the same time, like, just getting to the right place, getting in the right hole is not something that's been a given with Kenneth, that's Kenneth already, Murray. Like, like, yeah. So, I mean, for me, it's even though it's a non-padded practice, like, that's going to be, I mean, just getting to that spot, being able to fill the right holes, knowing where you're supposed to be, getting there in time. These are all things Kenneth Murray has struggled with in the past. And I think you are talking about preseason. Well, Kenneth Murray playing in the preseason because it's like, I think I'd like to see it. Yeah. I don't think they're going to play him. Like, I know I, that. I, I know that. And, and, and that's what, what makes me a little upset, a little sad, just because. I feel like Kenneth Murray has been gifted a starting role and has been protected a little bit and hasn't really earned it, honestly, in, in my opinion, just sure. because of his play being in. Uneven. I don't think he's earned the right to go into this camp with no legitimate competition at that. Exactly. Spot, which is kind of what he got. Right. And same with right. Gilman to a certain extent, too. Like it, neither one of those guys has really proven it over an extended period of time. And, and I think with Kenneth Murray, it's hard to imagine the Chargers run defense getting a lot better if they're getting 2021 and 2022 versions of Kenneth Murray, it just, it's very, very hard to see with him in the middle of that defense and players, they all, they all develop and they all come to the dance and they all figure it out at different paces and times yeah. in the NFL. And you know, we, you, we, you talked about it. You asked Eric Kendricks himself. I mean, it took him three or four or five or six yeah. years before he was a hundred percent confident and ready to go with what he was doing out there. Maybe this is the perfect storm situation for Kenneth Murray, where he has, Time in the NFL, time in the defense, and by far the best running mate that he has ever had playing next to him. I yeah. think that is going to help mentor him, help make sure he's in the right place, and maybe he is the guy that can unlock the vast physical gifts that Kenneth Murray brings to the table. I think we can all just hope that that is the case. We hope that this is the breakout year because the Chargers defense and more specifically the Chargers run defense can't get to its apex without Kenneth Murray being at his apex. Yeah, and I mean, I don't even need to see apex, right? Like when I'm talking about improvement in this run defense, like, I mean, obviously I'd like them to do the best that they can do, but like, you know, top 12 top 15 oh, would no, be like you, those you would already, be uh, I've already said it many times just league average please. yeah if, if you can get it to average that would just be such a, a, a you know huge breath huge of fresh plus. air compared to the, the run defenses we've seen and he's telling you they see it they know it as well in one place then it has really killed them is in the red zone because if you can't stop the run in the red zone then why are people going to throw it against you why, they're going to have less chances to kind of turn the ball over but so far the Chargers red zone defense has been pretty good while the Chargers red zone offense has been struggling a little bit, are we concerned or super excited? 
We're going to get into that coming up right after this. I do need to first tell you guys, though, that August is here, and you know what that means. The official start of Fantasy Football Drafting Month. Get championship ready for your home league by trying out Best Ball on Underdog Fantasy. All you have to do is one live snake draft, no waivers, no trades. Underdog sets your best lineup for you every week, and I have to tell you, as an avid fantasy player, it is very nice to think about a team with no upkeep. You try to pick the best you can. They're going to do the rest for you the rest of the season. And you don't really have to think about it. And all you have to do is try it out with Underdog's Best Ball Mania Tournament right now, which is the largest fantasy football contest of all time. And it's back and even bigger with $15 million of total prizes up for grabs, including an absurd $3 million going to the winner. And last year, the winner was drafting their team in July. So what are you guys waiting for? Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store to sign up with the promo code locked on to get your first deposit doubled up to $100. Underdog is the easiest place to play fantasy football and the best place for best ball, which is my new favorite way to play fantasy football. And best ball mania four is the largest fantasy football tournament ever. So again, visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store and sign up with the promo code locked on to get your first deposit doubled up to $100. That's underdog fantasy promo code locked on so you guys can get that deal. What are you waiting for? All right, well, let's get to the Chargers red zone and what has happened in the training camp the first few days because this is somewhere where they've had a huge emphasis. And so far, especially at least the last few days, it feels like the Chargers defense getting the better of those transactions and easier, you know, when you can stop the run, which is what the Chargers have been able to do. But this is kind of what's happened in the red zone for the Chargers defense. I mean, very bend but don't break vibe, I'd say, for this defense so far. You had just your Taylor stuffing a red zone attempt on Monday. You had them stopped twice in the red zone on Wednesday. You had Alohi Gilman with a pick in the red zone on Tuesday. I mean, David, this is somewhere where the Chargers defense, at least the last few days, has had a big edge, and that is a big improvement for the defense. It is, and and, um, and I think that's definitely you know on one side of the token, you want to be happy about that. You want to be excited um, because obviously that's where you need that attitude like the the bend but don't break uh, that attitude in the red zone i'm fine with i don't like it really anywhere else on the football field but in the red zone where you know you just got to prevent them i mean hey the difference in football games is trading threes and sixes if you're able to do that then a lot of the times you are going to put yourself in a very good position to win football games so the fact that the chargers defense is all over it and making it tough uh, I mean, that's what you want. I mean, you want that competition. Obviously, you want the offense to come away with with some points and make some plays, but it's still very early on in camp. And this is a part of the Chargers defense that has improved a lot during Brandon Staley's tenure. I mean, at least from year one to year two, there were 27th in touchdown percentage allowed Oof. in the red zone in 2021, up to 12th last year, right? A 15-spot jump. Where on offense, it's a little bit different. I'm wondering kind of where your concern is with the Chargers red zone offense struggling because this is somewhere we thought that Kellen Moore would come in and help the Chargers because the Cowboys were really good in the red zone during Kellen Moore's time there. And we also thought about, you know, the incorporating of Justin Herbert's legs and some other things maybe we hadn't seen before. The Chargers weren't good in that area last year. I mean, they were 18th in touchdown percent in 2022 after being fifth in 2021. And also they have a basketball team out there throwing, you know, that Justin Herbert has to throw to. So... What are your kind of concerns there so far about the Chargers red zone offense? Yo, I mean, I think you just said it there. Just I feel like there's way too many weapons with way too much height 
that you can use to manipulate with a quarterback that can put it anywhere he wants to. So the fact that you're struggling a little bit in the red zone when you have a team that's really set up to have a lot of success offensively in the red zone, that definitely gives me a a little bit of pause just because you have so many guys that you should be able to use as a mismatch to be able to make plays. I mean, there's so many. I mean, Keenan Allen gets open quickly. Mike Williams makes, you know, ridiculous catches. Donald Parham's is honestly been a little bit of a disappointment in the red zone for me early on because it feels like he's allowing other defensive players to outmuscle him and get in better position than him when he needs to use his gigantic frame to wall them off and be able to make those plays. So I think that's probably where my concern sits is I don't know if the height and the the positioning and the physical size is being used to the best of their ability right now in the red zone to be able to capitalize and make those plays. Yeah, I mean, I'm not concerned about it yet. I mean, you can't go deep in the, you know, in the red zone, right? There's, you no. only have so much space to work with, and that seems sure. to be where the big focus for them has been. And in between the 20s, right, when the field's more open, it seems like they've been moving the ball at will sure. for the most part against some corners that are showing you that they're very, very good yeah. defensively. So I'm not worried about it. I, I do think this is somewhere where it'd be hard to be worse than they were last year, especially with Quentin Johnston in the mix now. But I do think it'll end up working itself out. Yeah, I'm not super worried about it either, Dan. I'm, I'm not sitting here right now and saying that I have a huge issue with it, but I just feel like I would like them to be a, a little bit more productive, but it's still very early on. And also, let's not forget, both of their starting tackles were not there. Mike Williams was also not there. So, yeah. I mean, if the Chargers defense is going to be But we're talking down, about, like, you know, the last four days. You know, that that's all today, but it, it, it's not like the struggles just started today. But obviously... You know, no one is super concerned about it at this point. No, not at this point. One thing that I'm very excited about, though, is seeing a little bit of movement in the Chargers kicker battle with Cameron Dicker, the young guy coming in and and kind of winning. But he's also been the only guy kicking. So it's hard to really hold anything against Dustin Hopkins, who hasn't kicked since the second day of Chargers training camp. But per Eric Smith, the Chargers team writer, Cameron Dicker went eight for eight at Wednesday's practice, including hitting from 52, 48, 45, 42, 40. 36, 33, and 29. Love to Did see you him just in. say two kicks over 50 yards, Daniel? I mean, I said one kick over 50 yards, but that was just today's practice. He also hit from 52 on Monday as well. So, I mean, so far, through all of the training camp practices, he is 22 out of 24, including two for two on those 50-yard kicks. I love it. I love the 50. I mean, the, the Chargers have not had a kicker that you could really feel comfortable with with odds past 50 50 uh, uh, with, you know, for the 50 yards plus in a very, very long time. So that's one thing I always pay very close attention to when yeah. we're talking about the kicker battles, because in a lot of situations, I mean, those 50 yard kicks are determining games. Like it's, it's whether you win or whether you lose. So that's why I think I put a, such a point of emphasis on how they perform in those situations. And yeah, I know it's a lot more difficult, but you want to put them in those positions to make those kicks so that when you do roll them out in those high leverage, high pressure moments, they have already done it, and they know they can go out there and do it again. And I think I like what I like about Dicker is he, man, he seems like he has a ton of confidence. But I will sit here and say, Dan, it's a little bit weird to me that it's been so long since Dustin Hopkins has kicked, and I yeah. don't know what's going on with that in this situation. Is there something we don't know? Is there an injury, or is this by design? It just feels a little off to me. Yeah, it's hard to say because, like, with most players, you could see them out of practice and you would know instantly, you know, if they're injured or not by what they're doing. But the kickers are doing so much less than everyone else. I mean, from every report we've seen, he's been out there. Yeah. Just the last three times they've had someone kick, 
it's been Cameron Dicker, right? And he's taken the most out of those opportunities. And the only time we did see Dustin Hopkins kick, he missed from 36 and 44. He missed two out of his eight kicks. And he also had a long of 47. So he didn't hit any 50-yarders. We know, I mean, he, he, I'm sure he his range goes to about 53, 54, 55. But still, I mean, seeing Cameron Dicker be able to hit a couple 50-yarders to be consistent 24, 22 out of 24 after being you know, 19 out of 20 last year as a rookie, yeah. it's just hard to ask for more. So if he's getting way more snaps just because they want him to be the one that has to prove it, I mean, he's doing it. I don't know if that's what's happening, and we don't know if Dustin Hopkins is injured, but what we do know is Cameron Dicker is doing everything he can to win that job. Obviously, Dustin Hopkins, I, I think the team is going to give him every chance, right? Or at least I thought they were going to give him every chance going into this because he lost his job due to an injury, which is always right. terrible. Yeah. You never want that to happen. Nah. Still, I mean, it's six for eight versus 22 out of 24. So right now it's hard to say that there isn't just a decided advantage for Cameron Dicker, the year two player that came in as an undrafted free agent, hit two game-winning kicks for two different teams last year in his rookie season and missed one big kick in a playoff game and made another one. So I think a young kid is definitely who has the edge right now. And I'm excited to see it because one thing that can't be overlooked with this team is many places they've struggled. One of the biggest places has been special teams. We finally saw that turnaround in 2022, and it's one of the biggest reasons the Chargers made the playoffs. So can't see a step back in special teams. Want to see that unit continue to thrive under Ryan Fick and the God. And we'll be back with you guys tomorrow to continue talking about training camp. But it is going to be Fan Mail Friday, so make sure you guys get your questions in on Twitter at LockdownLAC or X, whatever you want to call it. You can hit me up also at Sports and David Drogmeyer at DrogTalkSD. If you want to leave a 30-second voicemail, you can get on the show that way and actually get your voice on the show if you call into 323-524-7924. But to make sure you guys don't miss any training camp updates because the Chargers are off tomorrow, make sure you're following or subscribing for free on the Locked On Chargers YouTube channel and listening wherever you get your podcast from. We appreciate all your guys' support. Five years was definitely a whirlwind, and it's crazy that we're still here. But we are the only daily podcast out there for the Chargers, and we continue to bring you guys the best content that we can. So get your questions in and tell us what you want to talk about tomorrow. You can also find us on Instagram at Locked On Chargers and our Locked On Chargers Facebook page. But thank you guys for checking out today's show. Shout out to all the everydayers out there, and we'll be back with you guys tomorrow. Until then, take it easy and go Bolts.